Welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all-too-often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I'm Thea Thronson. And I'm Amelia Annan, and today we have a very, very special guest with us. Kayla Yumi Lewis is an Asian-American TV writer from the Bay Area in California during her time at NYU. Kayla wrote and show ran a half-hour dramedy pilot called Parked in America, which is currently wrapping up post-production and beginning its festival run. She has had the pleasure of interning at TNT, TBS, and HBO Max in Burbank, as well as Food Network in NYC. Her passion and inspiration lies in diverse storytelling and representing the Asian American community on screen. Hello, hello. Kayla. Hi, Kayla. Hi. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you guys. Gosh, of course. Thank you Our so much literal for pleasure. We're so excited <laughs> to have you. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you brought in a little scene, a little a film scene for us. Indeed, I did. And wh- what yes. is it called? So it's a scene from a new pilot I've been writing over quarantine called Chang's Garden. And so this one is an hour long. I'm calling it a comedy drama rather than a dramedy just because it leans more comedy, but there's still drama. I don't I don't know. Um, But it's set in 1967 in San Francisco, kind of around the whole Summer of Love era. And it's about this uh, Korean family um, and their three daughters who are all on different tracks to, you know, chase their dreams. The main protagonist is Lily. She's 23. She uh, got expelled from uh, medical school and she's trying to go to culinary school. And um, Rose is 26. She'd been dumped by her fiancé, so she had to move back home to San Francisco and try to find a job for the first time in her life. Um, And Poppy, she's 17, and she is in high school, and she's also an aspiring ballerina. So, yeah, that's That's, basically the premise. Okay, well, let's... Let's awesome. give it a oh, listen. Oh, should I explain like what the scene is? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yes. Before we get before we give it yeah. a listen, you're gonna tell us what the scene's about. <laughs> cool. Well, the scene is kind of in a, a very or like a climactic point in towards the middle end of the pilot where Lily almost reveals that she is, uh, or that she got expelled from medical school and that she wants mm. to go to culinary school, but her sisters kind of cover it up for her because they know that their mother would literally explode. Uh, if that happened. And so, yeah, the scene takes place at, like, a a family dinner banquet party celebrating Poppy's Nutcracker performance. And, yeah, so that's it. (laughs) Incredible. Okay, well, now let's give it a listen. Interior, Chang's Garden Dining Room, a little later. The restaurant is packed. Everyone who's anyone to the Changs are there. Relatives, friends, church friends, etc. All dressed to the nines. We're talking Asian Gatsby party here. At the bar, Mr. Chang throws back a soju shot with some of his old friends, laughing and slapping each other on the backs. At a table, Mrs. Lee sits with some friends and her daughter, Sophia, 18. Miss Lee is clearly loosening up a little too much, so Sophia switches her mother's wine glass with her glass of water, unbeknownst to her mother. Miss Lee takes a sip of the water, then switches the glasses back. Sophia rolls her eyes, then gets up to find Poppy. Following Sophia, she finds Poppy, grabs her elbow, whispers something into her ear, and they giggle, running off to a corner of the restaurant, passing the buffet station. At the buffet station, Rose grabs some small Korean side dishes with Henry loitering behind her. He clearly doesn't know what else to do. Then Richard 
Cha, 26, a tall, burly Korean man from Rose's high school days, approaches them. Rose's jaw drops at the sight of him. Richard? Hey, Rosie. Rose and Richard's eyes are locked on each other. Henry stands between them for a moment, drops his hand, then slips away. He knows where he's not needed. Now we follow Miss Chang, meandering through the crowd, making sure everyone is happy. Aigu, Mrs. Moon, do you need some more wine? Miss Chang is already on to the next person. Ji Men, the Korean church youth pastor. Moksanim, how is the youth group? Lily walks out of the kitchen, taking in all the sights. Mrs. Chang gestures for her to come over. Lilia, come say hi to your Moksanim. Lily stands beside them, giving Ji Men a hug. Lilia, did you make this Jongjorim? It's incredible. I didn't think you sold this here. We don't, usually. Then, Charlie walks in through the front door. He waves at Poppy, who is standing with Sophia in the corner, and she waves back. Mrs. Chang sees this and drops Lily's arm to run over to Poppy. Lily looks around for Rose, who is still with Richard by the buffet. Following Lily, she grabs a couple drinks from the bar, patting her father on the shoulder, who is seemingly having the time of his life with his buddies. One of Mr. Chang's friends, Paul Lily into a big hug, and she slithers out of his embrace after a moment. She sips her drink as she joins Richard and Rose. She hands Rose a glass. Lily pad. Didn't think you'd be seeing me after your sister took off for college, huh? I'm sure she's very happy to see you. <coughs> Rose elbows Lily in the stomach. She owls silently to herself as Richard and Rose continue their conversation. From the kitchen, a line cook gestures for Lily. She retreats to the kitchen, leaving Rose, giving her a knowing look. In the corner of the restaurant, Miss Lee runs up to Poppy. Send that Japanese boy away. He's my friend. No, he's not. He's nice to me. This is no place for him. Emma. Do you want to remind everyone of the war? Poppy sighs. She gets up and drags Charlie out of the restaurant. Exterior Chang's garden, continuous. Poppy shuts the door behind them. Charlie still has his bouquet. You were amazing. Are you having a party? Thank you so much for coming, but you need to go. Why? It's just my mom, our family, you know how they can be. Did you not tell them about me? I didn't want to get them worked up over nothing. Nothing? So this is nothing. That's not what I meant. What, do you even like me then? Charlie, don't be ridiculous. Enough, okay? Uh, I'll see you at school. He goes. Poppy takes a seat on the curb out front, burying her face in her hands. Shit. Interior, Cheng's garden dining room continuous. Lily takes a seat at the table with her family. Why don't we have this food on the menu? It won't sell, and white people won't eat it. Why not? Good food is good food. They have stomachs just like us. Across the table, Henry stares awkwardly at Rose with that same toothy smile, but Rose is fixed on Richard at a table across the room. Mrs. Chang stands to give a toast for Poppy. Let's all raise a glass to my beautiful, talented daughter, Poppy. What a wonderful way to end her time studying with the ballet. A full season of the Nutcracker. To Poppy! They all drink. Mrs. Chang takes her seat. Actually, um, I was talking to the director after the show, and he 
Mrs. Lee interrupts her. Poppy holds her tongue. You must be so proud of your daughters, Unyunga. Of course, though Rose is unmarried. Rose drops her spoon and is like, WTF. Lily is well on track to be a doctor, and Poppy's college admission should be coming soon. Well, actually, Lily, yeah? How is medical school progressing? Rose and Poppy give her the eyes. Uh, good. Yeah. Will you be a pediatrician? I am not going to be a pediatrician. <laughs> I'm surprised they let you continue. You know, they don't take Asian people seriously, let alone Asian women. Miss Lee laughs. Lily is on the cusp of an explosion. Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually. Rose and Poppy put their chopsticks down. Oh, no. Is she? I'm not going back to Davis. What? Is now really the time? <laughs> Rose jumps out of her seat, kicking the chair behind her. She's transferring to UCSF Medical School. Lily throws a look at her sister. What the hell? Gita? No. Yes, she is. She just found out really recently. Surprise? Miss Chang throws her arms in the air and jumps out of her chair to smother Lily. Mr. Chang is unmoved, blitzed out of his mind at this point. Too much soju. Wow, Lily, yeah, I can't believe you didn't say anything. I'm so proud of you. Say, this is such a good school, but UCSF, that's incredible. Poppy rolls her eyes. Rose jabs her with her elbow. We have to give another toast. Um, uh, no. <laughs> Miss Chang jumps to her feet. Let's all raise a glass. Emma, stop. <laughs> Lily jumps out of her chair and pulls her mother back down into hers. Let's all just settle down. Awesome. That was so fun. I really oh, liked that. I felt like you fit like so many things, so much drama and comedy in one wonderful seven-page theme. Yeah. Thank Seems you. Plural. <laughs> um, theme themes. Plural. <laughs> there were multiple scenes. <laughs> um, yeah, like where where does peace come from? Like where how was it conceived in your brain? Um that's interesting. I mean, I so I was taking a uh, an advanced screenwriting workshop in Tish, and I knew that I had to think of something like to write mm. in that class. Um, so I was having a lot of trouble, and I was like trying really hard to think over like winter break, like what I wanted to write. Um, but it just like didn't really come to me. I knew I wanted to write some kind of like romance or some kind of period piece. Um, mm. But I knew that I wanted to put Asian people in it, and I knew that I couldn't put Asians in Regency era England because half of America would be super upset about it, uh, even though I, I would be into it. Uh, I'd be into that. that. <laughs> we would love that. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm like, okay, I need to think happen. of something. Yeah, I'd love for that to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wanted to do some kind of period piece, and I think I was watching um, an episode of Ugly Delicious, the David mm, Chang show on Netflix, yes, yes, yes. where they were talking about... Um, uh, ravioli versus dumplings and like how they're basically the same concept but like if you go to a high-end Italian restaurant you pay like $30 for like four ravioli but you go to you know any dim sum restaurant and you get like 10 dumplings for four bucks right. and it's like why is like one like cuisine considered like you know a higher standard yes. than another especially like there's a lot of and with like the coronavirus and everything happening people not going to Chinatown mm. um, after like COVID hit, it's it kind of pushed that stereotype of like, oh, Asian food is dirty and like Asians are dirty and like, you know, the the Eurocentric ideas of like 
oh, you know, European food is high class and high yeah, end. Yeah, be all. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to talk about that kind of food disparity because mm-hmm. I'm really interested in food and I grew up on Korean food and my mom's a food scientist. So I was always kind of in that food world. So I thought, okay, what if I did a, like, a show about, like, an Asian chef who wants to bring her cuisine to that kind of standard? Um, and so I set it back in the 60s, because that's kind of when uh, a lot of things were changing in San Francisco, and which is like around where I'm from. And a lot of that's like where foodie culture kind of began was out of that like summer of love, pot smoking heaven. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then <laughs> I was like, got really okay. hungry after smoking the weed. <laughs> they're like, we got the munchies. It's time to eat. I need food. <laughs> So, yeah, and then I was like, okay, how do I make this more interesting? And so then I, the, like, Asian little women-ness of it all kind of came out of that, um, which is what I've been calling it. Like, I'm just obsessed casually. with that. I didn't <laughs> connect, but now that you oh, say sweet. that, I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In the best way. No. That's so interesting that it was born of this idea surrounding food, because I wouldn't have thought of that, but it makes perfect yeah. sense, because it's so seamlessly, like, woven in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other movies that like utilize food in that way. I feel like there aren't that many. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely think. chef movies and stuff, which I really yeah. love, um, <laughs> but not it. really in the way that where it's almost a social commentary. Yeah. So right, right, because this idea of like food shame and like mm-hmm. all of these things surrounding that, which I don't, yeah, I don't see a lot of media surrounding that. That's a very, very exactly. I think it's super fun. Point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great... I feel like that you can definitely... You snuck it in there quite nicely. I didn't even pick up on it when we first read it. <laughs> now that you're saying it, I'm like, mm, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it just it seamlessly went in. Great writing is what I'm trying to say. Thank <laughs> we you. We liked it. Um, <laughs> so kind of you. That's so cool. So is that, um, is that how you often... Like, when you conceive of pieces, does it often come from, like, one thing that then expands? Or does it come as, like, a fully formed idea all at once? Mm -hmm. I mean, usually it's very small seeds that kind of Mm. grow into something bigger. um, Which I feel like is, like, the case with almost anything. Um, But, yeah, because I remember, like, when I wrote um, one of, like, the pilot that I made last year, it was, like, I just, like, parked in America. Okay. Yeah, so... For yeah, which we're like, it's 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 a made thing. Like it's a, she's a she's a real she's thing done. that people can she's watch. Wrapped. Yeah, That's which so is exciting. lovely. Um, but I remember like just like writing in my notebook like transfer student from Korea, and then it like <laughs> you know came out of that. <laughs> yeah, but um, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, it was the same kind of thing for this one. It was more just like, you know, okay, I want to talk about this. How do I talk about other things as well? <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. it's just like seeing what I'm interested in and how to fit right. that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Is there, I don't know if this is the appropriate spot to ask, is there somewhere where listeners can watch that, or is that because it's on the festival circuit, is it not yeah. watchable yet? I mean, it's not watchable yet, um, just because we're still submitting, but eventually, probably around, like, this time next year, um, or maybe not even this time next year, it depends on, like, <laughs> when what the festivals happens. are over, yeah, <laughs> then hopefully, you know, we'll be allowed to spread the link and let people see it but oh, cool. i mean that's thrilling. yeah that's very exciting we'll keep you updated listeners yeah 
So, like, how do you... So, you sort of talked about how you normally go about writing a piece, but I'm kind of wondering, so once you're like, okay, I think I know what happens, I know the characters, I know where it, like, ends, begins, what's the middle, um, like, how do you... Do you sit down and you just write? Do you, like, write little scenes every day? Or, like, how do you... What's your, like, sort of process to get to the end point? I mean, so, once I figure out the characters, it's... I mean, this is kind of a TV writing thing. We start, like, with the beat sheet, so mm. it's kind of just like vomiting out all the scenes and like in as much detail as you can without like writing dialogue and whatnot. But so like my beat sheets really look like I'm just kind of speaking. It's like, oh, then they say this and then they go like this and cool. this person like loses their shape or whatever. Right, right. Like it's it's very casual just so that like I can understand. Yeah, just so I can understand like what exactly I want to happen in each scene. So like so you, each scene so you, will have oh. like a slug line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do that for then, every single scene that you that's going to happen in the show? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it starts with just like breaking down breaking the episode down into the different acts. So this episode I broke it into six acts. Um and I know some shows they do four acts. It, it really depends. Um mm-hmm. but so you know, just kind of making sure that you hit all the beats that you need to within each act like the I think it's like the low point needs to happen at the end of act four and Mm, then like you know getting to act six and whatever um yeah so just kind of getting there but then once like you kind of figure out the basic plot points I feel like that's when the real like fun begins is when you start to just spitball um to yourself (laughs) into the computer (laughs) um but yeah, then from there, I mean, once I have a really detailed beat sheet, I feel like it's easier to edit a beat sheet versus a huge script with dialogue Absolutely, already written. yeah. Sure. And you're like, yeah, this is so just it's... 800 pages long and I don't, like... Exactly. Don't exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, when, when you have a beat sheet, you don't have, you're not like that mm-hmm. invested in it, like you're not tied to lines or, or anything. It's just mm-hmm. like, right. okay, I can move this here and there and, you know, whatever. Um, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, and then I just, like, you know, dive in. (laughs) I I usually write, like, in a fever dream state, like, where I just, like, never leave the room and it's, (laughs) my parents are concerned. (laughs) So, so how long, like, okay, so when you, when you finished your beat sheet and you started Mm -hmm. really writing this, how how long was that until it was, like, done? Like, your first draft was done? I mean, first draft, I think, was done within three days. How long is it? Uh, it's around 56 pages. Damn, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, like... Once you have a beachy where you know every single thing that happens, it's not too hard to kind of just put it on the page. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, so that's why I think like three three days. It doesn't seem like a long time, but it, it took a lot longer to write the beachy than it did to write the actual draft. So absolutely. So how long yeah. did it take you to write the beachy? I want to say like like a couple months. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's just because, you know, you want to get all the fun stuff in there and yeah, exactly. uh, make sure that everything's right um, before you really invest yourself in, like, mm. the, 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 the nitty-gritty the of it all. Words. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I am very much not a TV writer. Mm-hmm. Um, is a beat sheet, so, like, I've heard the word storyboarding. Is yeah. that a similar process, or is that a completely different thing that happens at a different point? Yeah, I mean, storyboarding is definitely more the director's job. Gotcha. Um, It's, like, once the script is done, then that's how they visualize the shots and, like, what they want Mm -hmm. it to look like and how we get from point A to point B in terms of visuals. Um, Gotcha. But I I would say that, like, 
beat sheets are kind of the equivalent to a storyboard, but to a writer. Yeah. So, um, it's really just, like, I I don't know how to describe it. It's really just, like, me, like, like, (laughs) vomiting (laughs) on the page. (laughs) This I love that. Yes, yeah. that makes so much sense. When I'm writing something, I always, I, I like, don't write, like, I, I try not to write, like, lines or dialogue or things, mm-hmm. because then I, like, get attached, and then it's, like, hard to figure exactly. out like, what, what I'm actually trying to do with, like, the macro of it, because mm-hmm. I get so mm-hmm. invested in the micro, so that's a really, really interesting um, thought process, just to, like, <laughs> get it all down, and then figure out, like you said, figure out the nitty gritty of it later. Right. Yes. This podcast oh, yeah. is just you teaching us how to write TV. Uh, literally. Just, <laughs> we're just, genuinely, I'm just, just a learning. master class. That's, that's why we started this, because um, I just don't know anything. So <laughs> I mean, not that I'm like, a, you know, an all-knowing, like, <laughs> entity. Uh, no, TV. right. Of course. Yes, you are, course. though. Uh, but from uh, your experiences. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering, like, what does this look like in its full form? Obviously, a TV show. Um, but like right. I don't know. Like, what are you? What, what's the image in your head of it? Like how it will grow? What I would love for it to look like is kind of like a, like a ten episode series with like, but it can you know go on for more more seasons, um, not just like a mini series. Um, yeah, sure. And like I I've been describing it to people as kind of like a Mrs. Maisel type show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what that do you, kind what of do you tone. Mean by that? Like, it's like, like, you know, yeah, that tone and kind of look, um, yeah, in terms of comedy drama and like women, like going after what they want and like their family not really being into that. Yeah. So, um, and I think it would like, I don't know. I I was talking to my professor about it. Like, I think like it would do well on like Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I got that. It feels like the kind of show you want to just sit down and watch the whole thing and you're like, whoops. Like, (laughs) yeah. Oops. There, there goes the time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fun because like there's a lot of things I want to explore with the different girls. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have romance plots set up for all of them. Um, so that's fun. Like, we've got a classic, like, enemies to lovers trope yes. in the culinary school. We've yes. got, we love we've got queer romance with Poppy yes. in ballet school. Even the, yes. but when I wrote that, I was like, oh my god, am I literally writing Black Swan right now? But, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's more wholesome than Black Swan, I can Thank tell god. you that. That movie's crazy. Um, anyway. Yeah. Scary. So. <laughs> yeah. That's very exciting. But. Yeah, I think I think that's a good description of what I would like yeah. it to be. <laughs> and like a oh, little yeah. heightened, because like I know like Maisel is like a lit, like ever so slightly like heightened to what like I guess life feels like. Is that sort of what right. you're imagining for this? Yeah, especially with like the the older Korean characters, like they're definitely like exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. Like they're definitely like that, and I'm <laughs> sure that somebody's mom is like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely kind of I'm I'm trying to get. Or I'm trying. I'm I'm inviting people to laugh with my characters rather than at the culture. Yes, if that yes, makes yes. sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, That's, that makes yeah. sense. That's really and it's such a smart way of going about that. Because that I feel like that could be a, a fine line, but it mm-hmm. feels like mm-hmm. this is just a very like clear like this is a comedy. There are other things happening, but therefore. Like, this is a communal experience. Like, we're all having fun with this. 
Yeah. Right, I, right, right. I think definitely, like, there obviously are a lot of films that, like, make fun of cultures and, like, for you to laugh at them. And I feel like, like, you're writing this as, like, a Korean, um, mm-hmm. like, a Korean with, I don't know exactly how you identify, but, like, you know the culture. So I feel like, in a way, you're writing it for other people who share that culture with you. And right. not, like, for white people to laugh at it which I feel like is a big thing and like Mm -hmm. I feel like just like perspective wise like who is writing movies and film and tv has changed so like you're able Mm -hmm. to get those better which I think is really exciting Mm -hmm. um that's definitely true because I feel like um the a lot of film and tv like you know they have like their token Asian character um which is like sometimes okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was but I was just, I've been watching Gilmore Girls lately, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. the character of Lane, I'm like, um, interesting. I'm like, yeah, and it's always, that like, was a long you know, time ago when they wrote that, but, uh, yeah, let's yeah, it. I mean, it's always, like, she's quiet, and she studies, and she's, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and has, like, a really strict and... mom, and you're like, no, exactly, right. and it's like, yeah, like, I have a strict mom, and I'm <laughs> quiet, and I wear glasses, <laughs> But that, but like, it's so like, am I, and I am not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's just, like, I guess um, when the, like, when the center of the story is, you know, surrounded by Asians and different different people, you know, it's not yeah. just, like, this one person encapsulates all of Asian Americans. It's, like, when you've got all your different cast of characters having entirely mm-hmm. different personalities, it's, like, oh, like, Asians are not a monolith. <laughs> they're yeah, human surprise. beings with other like feelings with personalities oh yeah i know yeah, like imagine that really exciting. <laughs> hey, who would have thought <laughs> certainly that, not white people <laughs> certainly not nope <laughs> Do you it ever, is amazing yeah. though like how how much it can like if you're the only one of something in a room like how much it's like well now i like uh, represent something that i'm yeah. like i'm not interested in representing <laughs> exactly. I, I do wonder like um I I feel this. We actually, like, we talked about earlier, like, writing queer characters. I feel like it inherently becomes, like, some weird political thing mm-hmm. where I'm, like, I'm just, like, writing a comedy. Like, I feel like I didn't, I'm not trying to be, like, utterly political or be, like, the first gay love story, blah, blah, yeah. piece of blah, blah. <laughs> right. And you're, like, right. you're, like, I've suddenly, like, I'm just trying to make art that's, like, has levity and is, like, something that I relate to but like right. it's suddenly people like label it as like this political statement like do you ever feel mm-hmm. like that pressure like I at least I know like when Crazy Rich Asians came out it became right. like the only movie that had like a majority Asian cast and it's like mm-hmm. that was a rom-com crazy. they're not yeah. like trying to make some big statement I mean they did and they they were making statements but it wasn't supposed to be some like pivotal point they're just making a movie that brings joy to people and like represents a culture that's underrepresented so do you ever feel like that pressure to like yeah represent something that you're like i i'm just one lady like (laughs) yeah totally because it's like that's so funny you say that about crazy rich asians because i read an article like a few months ago about crazy rich asians um and how like they put so much pressure on the movie before it even came out you know, because it's like this is the first movie in like 20 years or something since the Joy Luck Club that has an entirely right. Asian cast. So right. and the Joy Luck Club, like it's a good movie, um, but it's just very much like Asian girls being sad. <laughs> right. You know, like like the plight of the Asian woman. So um, <laughs> but which and, you know, I really love that movie. I think it's like I cry every time. But, Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, it's like it's when just... that is the only piece of canon. Can it be a canon if it's only one movie? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I know. And so literally Crazy Rich Asians, I was so psyched for the movie to come out. I watched or, or I read the book and everything before it was yes. before it was out. Um and so when I like went to the theater to see it, I went to like a pre-screening because like yes. one of my one of my friends had like some some inn somewhere, and we went up to like Lincoln Square and saw it um, oh, before so cool. it came out, and it was incredible. I like <laughs> cried so hard. Um, yes. I don't know. I don't know if that was like a, a normal reaction, but I feel like I, I think it was You're probably because like, I went happen? through a breakup right before that. <laughs> but yeah. I was yeah, like, you know art, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was it was lovely. Um, but I guess in terms of um, like feeling pressure, it, it's it's interesting because a lot of people are talking about oh like Asians are really hot right now because of Parasite and like you know you know Crazy Rich Asians and all that like everyone wants to kind of hop in on the the trend and I'm like are we a trend like like, I'm like does that imply that this is gonna be over at some point (laughs) and it's like and some people who I've talked to about like my pilot parked in America they're like it it, which is also about Korean Americans um and Koreans um they're like, oh, you're doing this at a really good time, like, right after Parasite. Like, who knows uh, if next year people are going to care yeah. about Koreans. And That's, I was like, And I think Whoa. it's so weird when there's... Because I think they think they are being complimentary. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, like, oh. <laughs> I'm it's like, like, you really missed it, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh. Um, so, yeah, I do feel that pressure. But it's like, I'm just trying to write stuff that I want to see and like mm-hmm. this show is very much just like a rom-com culinary little women thing you know what right. i mean it's it's You're like not take like... little women add culinary exactly <laughs> add this the is 60s that. this is yeah. exactly what that is and i'm like i just want it to be fun and then i remember i took it to one of my older professors um or former professors not like older in age. um <laughs> like they are <laughs> aj yeah and and he was like, oh, I think you need to add in, like, some more social justice stuff. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I understand that because it is the 60s and it's a big time of change. But I think I, you know, I don't want my characters ending up in jail and, like, right. <laughs> being, Like, you're being writing like, something very specific here and it's not. Right. Like, I'm right. really just, like, trying to write, like, a romance, bro. Like, right. <laughs> like right. let me write a romance. Right. Like, let me write something like, that doesn't care about politics. Exactly. No no shade to Greta Gerwig, but not once in a Greta Gerwig do they mention politics, do they mention anything. And no one complains about that. At face value. They're like, yes, women in their 20s, yay. Like, and yeah, you're like, I love this movie. This is making me feel things. But like, when it, like, you know, when they're not white women, they're like, you should include more politics. Right. Or like, not white straight women, cis straight women. Like, like, include politics, and you're like, I, no, I don't want to. But I'm writing this. I'm not writing that. If I wanted to write that, I would write that. Like, where's the disconnect in your brain? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and, like, yeah. at least, like, I feel like there's been a lot of good talks about, like, represent- representation in media and, like, mm-hmm. not only casting, like, black actors as, like, slaves or maids and, like, showing, right. like, black joy in the work, mm-hmm. which I feel like when you really look at, like, movies that are, like, majority black cast that have been, like, blockbusters successes, I put that in quotes because, you know, what does right. that mean? But, like, a lot of them involve, like, I don't know, I would, like, fear and, like, 
like mm-hmm. they're suffering. Yeah. You like black suffering. For sure. Is the word right. Trauma. For sure. Yeah. Tra- like literal trauma. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that like we should reevaluate the way that we're like looking at that because it's right. not the way in that a way we want it, to consume this. Because in a way, it, like it's like is representation, but it's like a white through a white gaze, which is very right. uncomfortable to exactly. think. And about. it's it's interesting too, and I and I do feel like you know like with like hidden figures when that movie came out it's mm-hmm. it is fun because it's like you know black women making their way but it's also like been like tainted by white writers i feel like because there's like yes. that whole like kevin costner like taking exactly. down the, the the whatever the toilet sign yeah. Yeah. and i was like oh yeah Ooh, this is to make white people feel yeah, better feel better <laughs> about their guilt yes no 100%. exactly and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier about, like, the perspective of the writer or writers kind of either makes it an us and them situation mm-hmm. or, like, like let's draw everyone into this narrative because yeah. it's, like, an honest narrative versus, like, exactly. a politicized narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't write it For about. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So, do you, like, would you say you mainly write, like, sort of comedy, drama, romance stuff? Like, is that, I feel like, from what I, what I've Mm -hmm. seen of yours, it it does fall into that category. Yeah. I mean, that's what I really enjoy watching and what I enjoy reading. Um, Mm. So, I think that's kind of why I gravitate more towards that. Um, And I feel like it's so funny because when I was in high school and, like, wanting to be a filmmaker, I was not at all into romance or anything like that um Mm -hmm. but I think that was because like film boys and like indie people like they're like oh like art film like Christopher Nolan you know like (laughs) psychedelic thrillers and all this whatever even though so what would you say was your favorite movie in high school in high school oh my god that's a oh my god deep cuts I know. Well, actually, I think my favorite movie in high school was probably, like, Super 8, the J.J. Abrams movie. Yes, wait, no, we, yes. Did we watch it together? I think we did watch it together. I think we did. Secret, guys. Uh, Children, I love that movie. Yes, like, yeah. it's anyway, so good. It's so, so good. I mean... The secret is that Kayla and I went to high school together. Yes, um, me and Amelia went to high school together. <laughs> yeah. So that's oh, wait, why do we you not know that together. That's how no, we I know each other. She also... I don't also, know anything yeah. about anything. We've <laughs> actually known each other. How old are we? We must I might, I guess 15 would be how old I am. Well, I was, and you were like, wait, no, I, I don't know. How old are you when you were I, freshman? I met you when I was like 14, and you must have been like 13. Oh my god, because you were my drama camp counselor. Yeah. Aww. We've known each other for quite a while. Oh my <laughs> god. This is so yeah. cute. We've Thank known you. each other so We long. were in um, multiple productions. I won't bore you with what they are, but one was definitely <laughs> Footloose. Um, one, yes, one was wow. Footloose the musical, um, <laughs> where I played the one POC character in the show. Hey. <laughs> were you... Wait, I were you Wendy Joe, who was the, yes, in the original Wendy Broadway jo- cast, was black. Um, really, I, I'm and so there's sure all these like, like you know, Miss Rose wanted me to sing like with a black accent, and I was like, I'm not gonna oh, do that. Like, said, <laughs> no, you said I'm not gonna. I'm like, I'm absolutely not. And then in Legally Blonde, I also played the one POC character in the show. Wow, I was um, wow. I was Pilar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Pilar. She, yeah. Pilar. And so I was like, I'm also not gonna sing with an accent. Like, I'm right. sorry, yeah. I'm not. That's you not said, allowed. Do that. <laughs> not, not, not me. But thank <laughs> you for the opportunity. Truly, really couldn't be me. <laughs> um. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking. <laughs> what were we talking? Okay, oh, so your romance. favorite movie in high school was Super Eight. Yes, yes my yes. favorite now, movie in romance. high school was Super Eight. 
Um, and I think which I is really a great movie. That. I don't. Yeah, it's don't a really good movie. I feel like it's not. You know, there's no nothing problematic about me liking that movie back then. No, it's um, great. Yeah, especially because I wanted to go to film school, and these kids were like making movies, and you know, I you mean, know, it was aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that was a nice. situation. Exactly. <laughs> no. um, but then once I like went to to college and kind of understood my femininity a little more, mm. I was like, actually. I really enjoy romance. Um, I just was afraid to admit that to myself because I felt yeah. like it wouldn't make me a legit filmmaker mm. because, like, rom-coms are seen as kind of, like, second-grade films compared mm-hmm. to, like, Oscar yeah. films. Sure. <laughs> Which sure. I was all, just like, thinking about this. I was, like, right. I was, like, okay, so, like, a chick flick is, like, a rom-com. So I was, like, what is, like, a dude flick? And I was, yeah. like, it's war movies. And, like, what constantly went Oscar? War movies. War movies. Yes. Anyway. It's like um, war movies and like John Wick, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's, and like, it's so no. interesting because it's like so many rom-coms that I watched when I was a kid were directed by men. And it's so mm-hmm. clear going back thinking about them, how like women are just so villainized in those exactly. movies. That, like, and it's like, like awful. And it's like, obviously I'm not going to root for this character. She fucking sucks. But on the flip side, that's because the director was a man. Yeah, literally, like, because the director, like, got broken up with once and was yeah, like, and it's like, my <laughs> ex is crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. But there's so, so many you have good rom- rom-coms that are directed by women. Really? Like, so, so what many. are some of your favorite rom-coms, Kayla? Oh, my favorite. Ooh, rom-coms? Yeah, there's I guess so romance. Like, what are your favorite romance. movies now? Romance. 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 I love, yeah. um, they can I love Set It Up on Netflix. Yes. With Zoe That was Dutch. great. I re- yeah, so I love that one. Um, I think... Um, yeah, so, like, what are your favorite movies now is, guess what I'm really asking. Oh, yeah. I mean, my favorite movies now... Okay, well, I'll start with romance first. Um, so, yeah, okay. I loved the Emma 2020 adaptation that oh, Autumn DeWild directed. Yes. Or DeWild. I don't know yes. how she how I she says no her last name. <laughs> but, I'm so um, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Autumn. I love your film. Because uh, <laughs> so I know sorry. you're listening so to our podcast. Yeah, I literally love... I love all Jane Austen adaptations, basically. Um, but especially yeah. that one, because it was very clearly from a female's perspective and through a mm. female lens. Um, it, and I love Pride and Prejudice 2005. Um, Yo. Just like, watch that? That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. You, you watch it for the first time? I watched it for the first time. Oh my god! Like maybe a month ago, and Where I was have like, you been? "This is incredible!" Oh my You're god! Like, Wait a minute, do like... people know about this? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> literally, it's like I just my comfort found out. movie. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love that movie so much. But um, I think Emma is so fun because it's got that like comedic mm-hmm. spin and like yeah. you know, Mr. Knightley is just like. I, sir, like, he, he understands, like, okay, I don't know how many people have seen the, this version. Have you guys seen it? The Emma adaptation? Yes. No. Yes. So, yes. um, like, Mr. Knightley, he, I, he does this in the book, too, but he, like, says, like, yeah, like, I've really sucked, but you've borne it well. Like, <laughs> like, and I really appreciate that. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, a man that understands. Literally. <laughs> and doesn't like, expect that. Like, is actively yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah, hmm, man. Like, yeah. like, Thanks. dang, I really sucked, and I don't deserve anything. But, right. but I know. appreciate you putting up with me, and it's exactly. not just like, well, you're a bitch for not putting up with me. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. Um, I guess another rom com I really like is Plus One, on Hulu. Yes, incredible. Yes, with my and Jack Quaid, um, who Good I now stuff. love, both of them. 
so much. Yeah. Um, I think it's super Jack fun. Jack Lloyd was in the Hunger Games series. So yes, I know. <laughs> I was like, except he glowed up so much since the Hunger Games. He glowed up real nice. Yeah. Real nice. I'm super into that. Um, well, his up. father is Dennis Quaid, who is very attractive, so yeah. I'm not surprised oh. whatsoever. Oh? Um. Uh, yeah, his <laughs> mouth is the same as Dennis Quaid's mouth. Like, the yeah, way they smile. I don't know why, like, I, I hope that other people understand what I'm talking about. Like, when Dennis Quaid Dennis has Quaid, this, like, Dennis Quaid, if weird... you're listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Quaid, we're fans. Also, Jack, we're fans. We're fans. We really appreciate <laughs> your mouth shape. This <laughs> <laughs> podcast just morphs into us appreciating male celebrities. I know. Like, oh, my really God. really cute. Us talking about feminism and then being like, Dennis Quaid's mouth, though. <laughs> Hot. Hey, both and. Both and. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, yes. now I'm really just looking. Okay, at plus the- one. Yeah. Plus one is really good, and I also feel like it does a great thing of, like, deconstructing the rom-com, but also keeping all the parts you like. Right. Like, I absolutely love that movie, and it's definitely, like, I've definitely read, like, fan fiction that's, like, going to weddings, like, fake like yeah. fake dating for weddings, yeah. um, and, like, watching that as a movie uh, with some great actors, and, like, re- it looks yeah. beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is, like, my, like, 13-year-old fan fiction dream. Like... <laughs> You know, it's incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Is Plus One... Sorry, now I'm looking. Okay, no, it's not. Wasn't there a movie about, some like, Zac Efron taking someone to Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I thought I you were forget. talking about, but now I, now I know we're not, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there, there was... Oh, it's letter. like some... Zac and Dave need wedding yes, dates or yes, something yes that's absolutely what it's i don't called. know if yes. it's zach and dave i think it's something definitely and something dave. and dave <laughs> yeah so, someone and dave need wedding dates anyway yes. it doesn't matter that i did not like that movie but yeah. regardless definitely <laughs> not that um <laughs> got it glad we're not talking about that okay good yeah i mean i like normal dramas too but yeah oh, and yeah. comedies just whatever right. i like movies <laughs> Look, I like dramas just, i like comedies i like taste. i watch it's i watch like stuff you you write for tv hmm. um cool 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 so we kind of i guess we were touching on this just like Mm -hmm. um are there writers probably tv writers but are there writers Mm -hmm. in general who like you whose work you look to or who Mm -hmm. kind of like inspire you to write or whose work you appreciate and can Mm -hmm. write when you've consumed their writing Mm -hmm. i mean that's it's hmm interesting because in terms of TV writers, I don't really, like, when I'm watching a show, I'm not really thinking, like, oh, the showrunner. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Um, especially, like, a lot of the shows I really, really enjoy. I, I, I mean, it's it's fun because TV writing is such a collaborative medium. Absolutely. So it's, like, built in the room with all these incredible writers. Because, like, there's no way that, like, you can write, like, ten hours or more right. worth of stuff, like, by yourself. Um, and so fast. Like, it's, exactly. like, such a fast-paced environment. Exactly. So I'm, like, you know, there are definitely shows that I really enjoy and, like, showrunners that I admire, but not necessarily for, like, their writing. The writer. If that it's makes totally. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, I really, like, appreciate certain showrunners. Like, there's this one showrunner, Sue Hugh, um, and she uh, showran co-showran um, this show on AMC called The Terror, and she's showrunning the adaptation of Pachinko, the novel by Min Jin Lee, um, for oh. Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm super excited to see what she does with 
the book. Um, and I've like listened to a lot of her podcasts and I, I worked with, a uh, one of my former professors, she's writing a book about female showrunners. So I listened to a lot of interviews that she did with, uh, different showrunners and cool. Suhi was my favorite, but also she's Korean. So I like have like a personal connection to like totally. her. Um, yeah. and like the way she talks about like, you know, writing with other people and like writing the immigrant experience she's like every immigrant experience is like basically has the same textures um Mm -hmm. and that's why like so many people can relate to it even if you're not like of the culture that it's about um and so it's just like making sure that exactly it's just Mm -hmm. like making sure that you hit all those points like correctly and how like diversity matters in a room and even if you're writing about like Korean people like the show Pachinko is like they have like you know people of other races in and sexual orientations like in the room so they can be like oh well that experience is not the same for somebody like me or whatever you know right right. so yeah I really enjoy her stuff but I also like in terms of writers I really look to um novel writers like, mm-hmm. like, books, um, totally. just because I sure. feel like they're doing, like, the most, like, uh, everyone's, like, is taking their stuff and putting it on TV, so, really, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I really love Celeste Ng's books, um, she what wrote she Little Fires yes. Everywhere and yes, yes, Everything yes. I Never Told You, yeah. um, I really love both of those books, um, they're, they're, they're kind of, like, quiet family suburban dramas, mm. um, except, like, the, the, the TV adaptation, they kind of, turned it more large scale into a big little eyes kind of thing yeah um but the book is a lot more quiet um in comparison um which i really enjoyed but yeah and i like hanya yanagahara who wrote a little life um and the saddest book in the whole world literally it's like it's most depressing shit ever but like uh, the writing is so beautiful yeah it's so good um yeah, I yeah, I feel like and oh, and Min Jin Lee who wrote uh right. Pachinko. But yeah, I mean, I, I who else am I literally forgetting? I feel like there's so many more people that I really enjoy reading, but I'm just I know, like we're like putting you on the spot now. <laughs> <So> yeah. <go. laughs> yeah, but and That's I just awesome. like reading classic romance too. So like sure. all the Jane Austen. Oh, like what? Jane Austen. Jane Austen um and who who else oh i love like little women and anne of green gables i read like the first yeah. three anne of green gables books because i was mm-hmm. starting to watch anne with an e on netflix and sure. i was like wait i need to like read this before i Hold get on. into it um <laughs> and it was so good <laughs> yeah those books so i love it so much uh, so yeah but that's so exciting yeah cool. so okay we have to ask everyone this uh, mm-hmm. so what do you do when you get writer's block um, uh, how do you get out of that little funky funk? Right. I mean, it's hard because I feel like the best thing to do is to not really force anything. You know, it's just like it sucks, but it's going to take time, like until something clicks. Um, I guess like for me, I just read a lot and I watch a lot of stuff to kind of remember why I want to write. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, yeah. To You're feel like I was going to give it up. <laughs> right. So it's like, I, I, I want to feel stuff, like, and just, like, being, like, what moves me and what, you know, inspires me. Um, so that's why I've been reading. I mean, I, I usually read a lot, but uh, especially during quarantine, it's just, like, I've just been reading so much because I don't have yeah. ideas and I just right. want to feel something. a lot something. of other inspirations happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then otherwise, it's mostly just, like, dancing in my room. Yeah. Yeah. Turning what music, music do you dance to? Loud. 
Like, honestly, like, One Direction. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. What album? A simpler time. Like, it really depends on the mood that I'm in. Oh, like, sure, yeah. I, I feel like a go-to is, like, four, <laughs> you know? Okay. Or, like, yeah. what, what else? Like <laughs> I'm a Midnight Memories gal. Yes, Midnight um, Memories, like, all the so, bangers, like you say, know what I mean? All the bangers. Um, Diana. It's, it's just, mm. like, stuff that gets your mm. blood pumping and, like, <laughs> yeah. makes you, right. like, want to jump around. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Incredible. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thank so thanks much. for having me. I hope that so there's fun. some usable info in here. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Everything yeah. <laughs> you say is golden. Golden. Um, golden, I tell you. Golden by <laughs> Harry Styles, indeed. Stream yeah, fire Harry Styles today. Today. <laughs> having a fire album. Just really stellar. So good. <laughs> um, okay, bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Rider's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Production. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Denise Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keen. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks, and have a great week!